We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek, back for another episode, guys. And Today, we are talking Colts free agents. We're going to have one of two videos. It's the first one. We're going to have two videos talking about the different kinds of free agents. We did this a little bit last year where we ranked them by tiers, right? So this year, there's 18 total Colts free agents. We're going to talk about every single one of them to some degree. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about Tier 1 guys. Now, stipulation on what Tier 1 guys mean. I mean, really, it's the guys, Derek, who were major contributors to the Colts last year, guys who played significant snaps uh, or were positive, you know, help for the Colts. And so with that being said, we have a good number of people on this list. We have about seven guys that we're going to talk about today, and then we'll you know, talk about the other 11 guys in probably a little bit less detail for certain guys, maybe a little bit more detail for some other guys. Uh-huh. We have seven guys here that we would classify as tier one free agents, which means probably the top free agents for the Colts to consider. Now, obviously, the Colts probably won't bring back every single player here, but this is what we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about why we think, you know, maybe they should consider, why maybe they shouldn't consider, and things of that nature. So, with that being said, we'll start with a guy who I think Derek really cemented himself into, you know, if, if at this point last year, if he was a free agent, we would might we might have said no. But based off of the season he had, where he played in every single game, Paris Campbell, I think, earned himself another contract with Indianapolis. And I think if he's not the first guy that the Colts should consider bring back, he definitely is the top three of guys that should get a new contract with the Colts this, this offseason. What are your thoughts on Paris Campbell and just what he was able to do and and why you, do, you, do you believe there's really like, is there a question if the Colts should bring him back or not? Because I've actually seen some people who have said, no, I'm good. I'd rather move on and get another wide receiver. What are your thoughts just on Paris Campbell overall and his cert- current situation with Indy? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of the people who are still refusing to admit that Paris Campbell had a good year last year. They say that, you know, his first three years, you know, being injured back to back to back like he was uh, just means that he can't be trusted and that there's no reason to believe that even though he played all 17 games this year and had uh, one of the most productive years of any wide uh, receiver that we had this year uh, still requires him to not come back. Uh, That's 
crap because I believe that, you know, you can get this guy still for a good deal regardless. I, you're going to get him below market value for somebody of uh, his caliber and for somebody of his age. Uh, I mean, he's only 25 and a half. He's going to be 26 when the season starts. You can get him on a cheaper deal and see what you can do with Shane Steichen now uh, leading the helm and knowing how to use his talents in a more efficient light. And again, it's something for a very cheap deal. It would it would allow you to still be able to make a move at wide receiver or another position offensively if you want to go that route because you're going to be cut. You might be cutting some other guys that might save you some more money, but. In the end of the day, there's there's no reason to not sign this guy. You're you're at most gonna pay him seven eight million a year at most, and there's not there's nothing that's a harm for you in that. You you're not gonna give him a long term deal. Just allow him to prove himself that this last year wasn't a fluke, and most likely, I believe it will. Uh, and he's gonna end up doing a lot of great things with Indianapolis and this offense with Shane Steichen now knowing how to use those players. So um, you definitely should bring Paris Campbell back. I think it is pivotal to allow you to uh, keep that wide receiver room intact, especially since it's so young. I mean, the next best, uh, the next oldest guy you got is Ashton Doolin. And I mean, Ashton Doolin as you know, he's always been a complimentary player, but he's never been better than wide receiver four. You really need that wide receiver three to be able to solidify this unit right now. And for as thin of a wide receiver group as you have, unless you're Indianapolis and you're going with a big fish in the free agent market, you're not going to get somebody better than Paris Campbell, what you got on the free agent market right now unless you go and trade for one, which I don't think the Colts would do. So you got to try to keep Paris. Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons in the pro Paris camp is, first off, he proved he can stay healthy a whole season. That was huge. That was the biggest question mark for Paris. Secondly, talk about the free agent market, right? There's really not. It's a kind of a poor free agent market for the wide receivers. So you think that would make you know bringing Paris Campbell back a major priority. I think Paris would be one of the top free agents at wide receiver for sure. And I feel like you can get him for a pretty reasonable deal, you know, all things considered. And then third is just you look at what Paris as a player is able to do um, compared to the other wide receivers. Paris is a very much uh, unique player in that way, like compared to the other wide receivers. Colts have two guys in, in Pittman and Pierce who are more of, you know, the bigger body type of wide receivers, uh, the vertical threat type of guys. But Paris is a little bit different. He can be used in a lot of different roles, right? You know, he can be used on jet sweeps. He can be, you know, used on wide receiver screens. Like he can, he can just be used in a lot of different areas that maybe, you know, he can be a lot more effective because of that speed he has as opposed to these other wide receivers who are more of those big body, you know, possession kind of wide receivers that aren't going to do a whole lot, you know, if you give them the ball, then maybe they will. But like Paris just does that so much better than any of these other guys. And, you know, you look at just the current state of the Colts weapons right now. I mean, outside of Jonathan Taylor, the Colts don't have a guy that can run as fit like Paris Campbell can run. They don't have a guy that's that elusive. Like Paris is by far the most elusive player on this offense, I think, mm -hmm. when he gets the ball in his hands. And the Colts just don't have that right now. And you talked about it also with Shane Steichen, which I thought was a very good point. Is like Steichen is a guy that knows how to utilize the guys that he has in his, you know, in his room, in his team, um, and that's just something that we felt like 
you know, Frank Reich used him in certain ways, but then there was times where they kind of just went away from Paris, you know, especially this season when he was healthy and available. And we're just like, why are they not throwing it to Paris? Like one week he would get eight catches for 130 yards. And the next week he'd get one catch for eight yards. It's like, why in the world are we not using him more? You know, especially with how much the offense was struggling last year. It just was very like frustrating why they weren't using him. And obviously with Naheem Hines no longer in the picture for the Colts, it's like that. I mean, I think just bringing him back is even more important now because you don't have another guy that can do what he can do. And so, and Paris isn't a small guy either. That, that's also one thing that I think a common misconception I think a lot of people have is like you, you either are one or the other, right? You're either really fast and not very big, or, you know, you're either really big and not very fast. But no, Paris kind of does a little bit of both, right? He's six foot one, 215, but he also has that four, three speed. Like he has that, those kind of things. Uh, that, frankly, none of the other wide receivers on the Colts do have. So I think there's a lot of reasons to bring Paris back. And also, I don't think he's going to break the bank. He's not going to be asking for, you know, 10 to 12 million or anything crazy like that. Like, I think he'll take a pretty reasonable deal. And, you know, people seem to forget, like, Paris was the second receiver on the Colts last year. I mean, for the whole season. And they didn't even target him a, a lot of games early on. And Paris, you know, had, you know, over 60 catches for over 600 yards and three touchdowns. So, it's like when the Colts actually threw him the ball, he was effective. He was very effective when they threw yeah. him the ball. And so, yeah, I just look at that and I, I just feel like you you have to give Paris another opportunity here, you know, to actually work with a quarterback that can get him the football more and an offensive mind that's actually going to scheme him into the game. Like that kind of stuff is just like, I mean, I think all things considered, like, you know, none of the wide receivers were perfect, but Paris definitely uh, is a unique one in a really good way for the Colts. And so I certainly think he's a guy that deserves the contract and hopefully we'll be hearing something soon. I mean, he tweeted something out and again, it could have been something else, but I think it got a lot of people talking like, Ooh, could Paris be returning? And I know on Lawrence Owens show, you know, it's pretty confirmed that Paris is probably coming back, which you would love to see that. Yeah. We've heard but, yeah. that there's been talks nevertheless. Yeah. I mean, what exactly they, you know, is going down, not hundred percent sure, but you certainly hope that, you know, at some point he ends up coming back. I mean, that's kind of the news that I know you and I are waiting to hear. And yeah, I, I once he gets resigned, it'll be, it'll be exactly what I want to hear. And I think he's just in a better headspace now. I mean, you have to be after, you know, what happened the first three years and then mm -hmm. you have a finally healthy season and you're like, okay, like I can do this. I can actually yeah. do this. Like, I mean, it just has to feel good for him to feel a hundred percent. Um, so Paris Campbell, I think a definite slam dunk, no question about it. You bring him back unless of course he's, you know, gets super greedy and wants 15 million a year, then maybe not. But <laughs> I don't think that, I don't foresee that. I happening. don't think that's so, happening. I, no. it, with all due respect to Paris, man, I just, it, there's just no shot. You have one healthy season in your entire first four years. There's no shot. Somebody's paying you that. But Hey man, this is what, this is what I think about. If you bring him back on like a, maybe a one to two year deal again, like, you know, in the contingent, like, you know, maybe like you did with with you know some other quarterbacks, where it's like, you know, okay, if you don't come back a second year, it's not like we're going to be you know tied up and it's going to screw us over, right? Maybe they have like that second year of like, hey, you know, if you stay healthy, maybe we'll work on a long term extension. You know, I think this is a it's a good first step for Paris and his future with Indy. But like, if he you know puts together another really good season and maybe he gets a thousand yards this year or something like that then maybe the Colts can start talking about a long-term extension with Paris, which I would love nothing more than to have him on this team moving forward. So, yeah, that's really exciting um, in, in that case. But I think he just has, needs to have one more season. Then you'll feel a little bit more confident about making him a definite 
for sure, you know, part of your future moving forward. So, right. but definitely think right now, still see what you got with Paris and uh, he's still young, like you said. So, you know, a lot can happen. He's still, and he's just entering his prime now. So it's very exciting in that way. Um, all right, let's move on to another guy. Um, interesting enough, uh, a guy that was also drafted in that same draft by the Colts, um, you know, just around later, Bobby Okereke. I mean, Bobby Okereke was really good last year for the Colts, Derek. I mean, he really, I think, played himself into a really big contract this year. And you look at what the Colts have invested in Shaquille Leonard. You look at what Zaire Franklin was able to do last year and breaking the franchise record in tackles while only being paid what he's being paid. And then you have another guy who we'll talk about in EJ Speed needing to be reassigned. I mean, is it, do the Colts find themselves in a you know a situation where you have almost too much of a good thing at a certain position? So you're going to have to maybe let a guy like Bobby Okereke walk in free agency. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's how I mean, how many different times has Ballard said he had to let somebody go, not because they didn't want to pay him, but just because of, you know, the situation that, you know, it surrounds. I mean, talk about uh, Anthony Walker, right? I mean, Anthony Walker uh, left just because they couldn't guarantee him the snaps anymore. I mean, Shaquille Leonard was getting better. Bobby Okereke was getting those snaps and, you know, it just got better. And Bobby Okereke is a legit top 15 linebacker in the league. You know, he plays to that potential now and he's going to get paid, man. He's going to get paid. And, you know, unless he decides that he wants to come back for, you know, say 8 million a year for Indianapolis, say four year, uh, $32 million contract or something, then I would say, yes, please come back, Bobby. But the problem is, is, it's a guy that's probably going to get paid in the double figures. Oh, I yeah. mean, linebacker, the top linebackers now are making $20 million a year now, Cody. And Bobby Okereke has been in the top uh, 30 line, uh, top thirty in tackles for the last two seasons. He's been widely regarded as one of the best coverage linebackers in the game now. I mean, there's no question that somebody's going to want to bring him in and make him the full-timer. And you know, with it is now, like you said, Zaire Franklin, what he just did this last year, most tackles in Colts franchise history. I mean, he's going to eventually get an extension at some point because Zaire's role is going to increase because of what he just did this last year. He got so much better throughout the season and he played phenomenally well. And then, of course, like you said, EJ Speed, 
at some point, you know, you're going to have to either let EJ walk or you're going to have to tell him, hey, like your snaps are going to increase now because Bobby's going to be out the door uh, or else EJ is going to probably go somewhere where he might be a definitive backup or even a starter somewhere at some point where he might get a better shot. So at some point, I think a team's going to come call him and tell Bobby, hey, we'll give you, uh, you know, 12 million a year uh, for the next like four years. Uh, and the two teams that will definitely probably do that is either Carolina or it's going to be the bears because again, either old coach or old defensive coordinator. And my guess is, is the bears because they got a ton of cap there. And we know Bobby O'Karake, uh grew up in the NFL with Matt Eberflus's system. He knows Matt Eberflus's system and Matt Eberflus trusts him entirely. He would be the main guy right there in the middle through, through the whole thing. So I would love to bring Bobby O'Karake back. And, and honestly, it's why he's tier one because of the importance of having a Bobby O'Karake around. But you, you're struggling for cap, man. You're struggling for cap. And whatever cap you may have left after you cut a few more of these guys, you can't invest another, what, 15, 20% of your cap that's left into a remaining player in a position in which you have three guys that legitimately could be starters and almost every team there is out there. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. And, and also Jordan Schultz, just for reference, he said that Okereke is going to be getting between 12 and 14 million expected yeah. in free agency. So like, there's no way the Colts can afford to do that. Um, but I think it's very interesting um, in the fact that like, first off, if you re-sign Okereke, who's sitting the bench? Who's riding the bench, man? Like, are you comfortable? Like, you know, say that happens. Are you comfortable with Zaire Franklin, your guy who broke your franchise record in tackles, riding the bench, right? You're certainly not going to bench Shaquille Leonard. I know there's questions about the injury still, but when he's healthy, you're not going to bench him, right? And then EJ Speed's coming into his own. He may not, you probably wouldn't re-sign him at that point. So, it's kind of like, what would you rather do in that situation? And also I think about, and we can, this will kind of be our EJ speed argument as well. We can kind of incorporate that here now um, is the fact that Zaire and EJ, they both play special teams, Derek. They both have key roles on the special teams unit. Now maybe those roles decrease a little bit more as their playing time has gone up, but like Zaire's a special teams captain, right? And EJ plays special teams. He's a really good special teams player. Mm-hmm. So you're getting immense more value you know, from, you know, re-signing an EJ Speed, right, who can play special teams at will and can kind of be that third sub-linebacker for you. But, like, Bobby's not playing special teams, right? He's not playing special teams, and you're going to pay him exponentially more to not play special teams, if that makes sense. And if you want to make it in this league, I mean, you got to play special teams, especially if you're sitting there as the second or third linebacker. You just got to be able to do that. And so um, I think for those reasons, also with the contract, it makes a lot more sense for the Colts to move on from Okereke. Um, as much as it sucks because he is a really good player, you're right. You can't allocate that much money into one position group. We saw the Colts kind of got in trouble with that with what they did with the offensive line, with you know when they were paying Eric Fisher so much money, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith. It was just it was too much to be honest. It was too much they allocated. They can't afford to do the same on the defensive side, and uh, you know they can't afford honestly to to let either Zaire or Bobby, depending if they you know would bring him back, ride the bench you know, for that much money. They just can't do that. So that's kind of my thoughts there on Bobby O'Karrake, EJ Speed situation. Do you have any thoughts on EJ Speed uh, before we move on to the next guy? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to have EJ speed back. I mean, he is a guy that has shown that when he needed to step in and provide minutes, uh, he would definitely do that. And like you said, when it came to the special teams, he has always been an elite special teams player. Um, he's a guy that possesses physical traits that are very unique to the position. Uh, he literally lives up to his last name speed and he is very long, very big. So he's a guy that's a mismatch for a lot of different people to try to block. So I think it would be great to keep him around. You cannot, if you're the Colts, afford to lose both these guys. I just don't think you can. You can afford to lose Bobby Okereke. You cannot afford to lose EJ Speed as well. You need that third linebacker. Now, I would say the Colts had a bunch of linebackers on their practice squad that could probably come in and and fulfill another role, but... You have an EJ Speed who is a great special teams guy and somebody that you know that if Leonard or Zaire came off the field for a few minutes, that EJ Speed could fill that role perfectly the way you want it to. And for the grand cost of what? $2 million, $3 million? That's, not, that's nothing to have a quality backup linebacker in your, on your roster. Well, also, if there's something that you've drafted well, it's been linebackers. I mean, they've hit on every single linebacker really they've drafted, Derek. I mean, obviously, Leonard, they, they hit on him. Um, they hit on Okereke. They hit on EJ Speed. They hit on Zaire Franklin. Like, they just kept hitting on guys. They kept, Anthony Walker, like, they kept hitting on all these linebackers that they found. And so I think, like, of all the positions, you can't, like, you can move forward because you can, you've shown you know how to scout linebackers well. Like, you know how to do that. So you can find a guy, you can draft a guy in the middle to late rounds that can contribute. You've shown that you can do that. I mean, really, gosh, Derek, outside of a Shaquille Leonard, <laughs> look at the Colts' current linebackers. If they don't bring back Bobby, you know, uh, seventh-round pick and fifth-round pick, like, they have a big – they do a really good job of bringing in these linebackers and yes, developing these guys. So yep. I think it's a position you can afford to let a guy that's going to cost a lot of money walk for those reasons. Uh, let's move on to another guy here that uh, I think is kind of controversial a little bit in terms of do people want him, do people not? And that's Yannick Ngakwe. I see the argument for both sides, right? Because on one hand, you know, nearly 10 sacks this last year, and he missed the final couple games. He's proven to be a very durable player um, for sure. And, uh, you know, with the lack of pass rush you've had in the past, can you afford to let him walk? But also I see the other side of things where it's like, even though he had nine and a half sacks, how impactful were those sacks, right? And there were times where Yanni just frankly disappeared when it came time down to it. So, like, what are your thoughts here on bringing back Yanni Ngakwe and kind of just what would that look like for you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, firstly, I appreciate uh, Yannick and what he was able to try to do this year. Uh, we spoke with him, obviously, later in the offseason uh, during training camp. So that was awesome to hear him talk about you know, what he was going to try to bring to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, like you said, it felt like last year uh, that the 
sacks that he kind of got towards the end of the year didn't really feel like much of an impact. And, you know, I, I hate saying that because that's not really his fault. You know, the Colts really didn't have a whole lot to fight for uh, from the rest of the season because of just how tr- how horrendous the uh, offense was, right? I mean, it sucks that the defense last year played the way that it did. And, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, was a huge part in winning that game against the Chiefs. I mean, he was huge. There were multiple times where he put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, forcing Mahomes to run out of the pocket, tripping up Patrick Mahomes as he was trying to make throws, you know, disrupting the Chiefs offense that took that didn't take advantage of the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts were able to uh, pull out that win in spite of how terrible the offense was, the defense was able to, you know, do a lot of things. And a lot of that was because of Yannick Ngakwe. We want to talk about Stefan Gilmore in that game, you know, being locked down at the end of the game and talk about Jelani Woods having those two touchdowns. Yeah, all that is true. But Yannick Ngakwe was one of the unsung heroes in that game that nobody likes to talk about now. And, you know, in that Steelers game, he was lights out. I mean, he was just destroying people and him and DeForest Buckner were killing the the Broncos in that game as well. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that he did really well at. And I, I would love to be able to have him back simply because, again, if you don't bring him back, you're relying on the progress of Dio Dangbo and Quiddy Pay. Now, again, Quiddy Pay for the early part of his career so far, he has not always been the most healthy individual. And Dio Dangbo, while he is improving, is still not as uh, impactful, I say, as Yannick Ngakwe and consistency-wise. I'd say that's uh, something he's still learning and still having to develop. So, again, if you're Chris Ballard, I mean, again, you have to make these decisions all the time about which positions to try to upgrade, which positions to hope that the progress of the guys that you already drafted is hoping to get better. We saw what it did last year, right, Cody, with the offensive line. Ballard chose not to do anything with it, and sure enough, it went to bite him in the ass. So what is it? What does it do now for if he does that with a defensive line group? Now, there's other ways to try to impact it. To say you wanted to try to make a trade and go with one of the try and make a trade with a top defensive lineman, that's a possibility to try to replace Yanni Kangakwe. It's just a matter of you know what is Yanni gonna want this year, right? I mean, you already paid him 13 million. Can you afford to pay 13 million for that right now? Me personally, I don't think you do. Um, even after the moves, the Colts are expected to make and making cuts. We still will only be about midway mid, uh, when it comes to cap, cap space, you know, and that's not a lot. So it's going to be one of those situations where, uh, Ballard's probably going to have to let him go because you just can't afford to pay him another $13 million this next year. And again, invest uh, to a good 20, 25% of your cap. Now, obviously um, it's a different position and one that we don't necessarily have a lot of great players at right now, which the sense of urgency for that position is huge. But in regards to, you know, trying to build your team into a different light, um, it might just have to be something they might have to bite the bullet on. It's it's so tough because the, you look at that and you're like, you haven't sniffed nine and a half sacks in years, you know? 
But also it's like, are you willing to invest that much money in a guy that really can't play against the run, you know, and his sacks weren't like the most impactful sacks ever. Right. So I see both sides of it. I think if you can get him at the right price, then yes. But if not, like, I think he's more of a situational pass rusher. He's not a full-time starter in my opinion. So are you willing to pay 13 million to a guy that's not even going to play, you know, run defense? So that's kind of my biggest question mark on that. Um, and I could see, I could kind of be talked either way into it. It really depends on the price for me. So, all right, uh, let's move on to another guy here. Rodney McLeod um, came in last year. Virtually nobody knew who he was. I mean, you know, coming in, very cheap deal with Indianapolis. I mean, people liked it because he's a vet in there. But, I mean, nobody expected him to have the kind of impact where he had a career year, you know, set his career highs in pretty much every category. And uh, was really that leader in that secondary that they really needed back there with the inexperience of, you know, Nick Cross, you know, when he started and then really struggled. And then McLeod, you know, stepped in and didn't relinquish that the whole year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Rodney McLeod and, and kind of like, do you think the Colts should look to bring him back? Yes, I believe that they should look to bring him back. Um, he fulfilled a really big role in that safety group. Clearly, uh the safety group that we have now, it's extremely young. Uh, these young players that are trying to come into their own. You know, I think the majority of people thought that Nick Cross was going to be ready uh, for this year at some point. And clearly he wasn't. And that's just, you know, that's just growing pains that come with the NFL. You know, you may think that a guy is ready to go and just sometimes they're not. And, you know, he provided that opportunity to provide stability in that situation. And it was one of the reasons why, you know, the Colts defense was so good last year. Brian McLeod consistently made plays, recognizing plays that other guys just weren't, you know, making plays in the backfield on screens and runs and, you know, having a few opportunities in the backfield to make sure guys are in the right place, right? Him and Rodney Thomas did a fantastic job last year. And it helped having Julian Blackman back because then the Colts ran a ton of three safety looks as well with him, Blackman, and Thomas. So you had a lot of these things that really helped these guys. And it was important to have him for a veteran presence, kind of like what we said with Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore being in there, being that veteran presence, being the guy that is going to help others to become more stable and understand their assignments. and. I just think as you're as you're um building up this defense, this young core on the defense, and you're trying to figure things out on the offensive side of things, uh, I don't think that lose uh, I don't think that re-signing McLeod is going to destroy your bank. Uh you only signed him for, you know, less than two million dollars last year. You can pretty much do the same damn thing this year and not have it to where it's going to kill you. And it's going to, again, provide stability, provide that key depth at that position that you need, even though the Colts are in no shape or form lacking depth, even if they did lose him. But still, again, to allow Nick Cross or allow Rodney Thomas to continue to develop, that's huge in that sort of process going forward. And I think it's pivotal that Rodney McLeod is one of those guys that we need to have brought back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's move on to one more uh, DB that I forgot to mention on the initial list, but we'll talk about here now. Brandon Faison, um, obviously with Gus Bradley returning, you got to talk about that always being a potential possibility. 
I know he did struggle at times and, you know, it kind of became, I think in certain ways, a bit overhyped at how bad he was for some people, but did it wasn't great, you know, and really clearly Isaiah Rogers was the better corner. And, uh, you know, kind of looking back on it, it was kind of ridiculous if there was even a competition. But, uh, you know, he is, um, you know, still a fit in this Gus Bradley defense. So I felt like it bared at least a conversation. What are your thoughts on Faison? Um, well, I mean, uh, definitely um, what I think everyone is saying about Brandon Faison. Um, there's just no shot I'm bringing him back from what we saw this last year. I mean, there's not a lot of excuses. He came into the same system that he was in just a year prior. And that year prior was a much better player than what he was showing in Indianapolis. Uh, He should have never gotten the full-time snaps over uh, Isaiah Rogers to start the year. Should have never had that happen. Uh, Immediately when you saw the film, even through the first two weeks, it was blatantly obvious that he was not playing very well and that he shouldn't have been out on the football field as much as Isaiah Rogers. But yet we saw Gus Bradley make that distortion and it shouldn't have happened. Uh, He was one of the worst corners in the league last year in overall coverage and was one of the weakest links for the Indianapolis Colts defense all year. So again, as depth pieces, The Indianapolis Colts do a fantastic job every year, Cody, of finding a cornerback in the draft that comes in and finds a way to uh, fulfill a role in that sort of system. We've seen multiple times where late-round corners have come in for the Indianapolis Colts and have done fairly solid at the pieces that they've done. So I I have no doubt that the Indianapolis Colts could find another suitable suitor for even whatever cornerback it's going to end up being. Isaiah Rogers should be the starter from the get-go, and you just find somebody to fill in afterwards. Just doesn't seem right that they would try to bring in Brandon Faison after he was not worth $4 million last year. Was not worth it. He was the third highest contract free agent for us from this last season. And I could only deem him more worthy of a a second contract over maybe about three or four other guys on this list. And those three or four other guys are people who, who don't play. So it's at that point where I'm all out. I'm all out. You can find somebody in the draft that you don't have to pay $4 million to, or find a free agent corner that you can find for $2 million that I'm sure could be a depth piece better than what Brandon Faison is. <laughs> I don't think there's much debate, not much pushback for me there on Brandon Faison. So totally agree. Don't touch that. Just move on. Draft a guy or sign a sign a vet for cheap that can play a little bit better than Faison, hopefully. Um, all right. Uh, last guy we're going to talk about, the kicker from last year. Wasn't the original kicker when the Colts started, but Chase McLaughlin came in his second tenure with Indianapolis. He came in and, dude, he lit it up. He did fantastic. He was one of the best kickers in the NFL last year and really just felt like there was no question that he was going to, when he was out up to kick for the majority of the time, he was going to make his kicks, right? I mean, that's just so crazy how it switched from at the beginning of the year. You hope that Rodrigo Blankenship makes his kicks. You hope that he doesn't kick it out of bounds. And after one game, the Colts had seen enough, right? And, they brought in McLaughlin, and I thought, all things considered, he played very, very well. 
Um, you know, what were your thoughts just on McLaughlin's season last year with his, you know, coming in, you know, didn't miss an extra point. You know, he was 29 of 35 field goals. Um, what are your thoughts just on McLaughlin's season? And do you think he should be brought back to the Colts? Why or why not? Well, I mean, ironically enough, um, the only two seasons that he had a hundred percent, uh, PAT makes was both seasons with Indianapolis, believe that or not. Yeah. And his third and most efficient year kicking were with the Indianapolis Colts. So clearly he has had his best seasons, overall seasons with Indianapolis, his best uh, field goal, per, his second best field goal percentage was one in which he played for the jets for four games and only took eight kicks. So uh, it's in one of those situations where it's like, he has had his best moments in Indianapolis. He has been effective. He has been good. And we should have never gotten rid of him to begin with. He is 26 years old. He's about to be 27. And for kickers, you don't have to break the bank on kickers. And especially a kicker who is content on kicking around that 80% range, which is where you want at least your kicker to be. And we know, we saw this last year, Chase McLaughlin was winning us games. There was at least, what, three games last year that Chase McLaughlin, three of our four wins came off of, or at least were in the conclusion of, with Chase McLaughlin kicking a game-winning or game-tying field goal. And that is the important aspect. Does he deliver in the clutch? And he was. Like you said, he made all of his extra points, made 83% of his kicks last year. That's very solid. Nothing crazy, but it was solid. And he made a couple 50-yarders. The majority of his misses were actually from the 40 plus yard range, which was very odd for, you know, that sort of thing. He was actually more efficient from the 50 plus yard line uh, than he was kicking within that 40 range, which is pretty funny to think about, but played in all 15 games last year. And you're right. Like Colts fans sat back and were like, yeah, we don't have to feel worried about when he kicks, you know, there's a couple that he misses. And, you know, the majority of kickers do, but very rarely did we see that. And it was, and he made the majority, vast majority. And we sat back and we're like, okay, he's not going to kick it out of bounds. He's not going to kick it 40 yards. He's not going to, you know, miss every other kick. He's not going to miss his extra points. Consistency. That's what you need at the kicker position. You can go out, tell this guy, hey, we're going to lock you down for three years. Want to give you this uh, $8 million. Come here, be our kicker full time. This is it. We're not moving anywhere anymore. This is your spot. This is your spot to lose now. And that's what kickers want, man. They don't need big contracts. They just go out. They just look for a stable home. And this seems like the, I mean, the Colts have not had a consistent kicker for literally the last three seasons. Time to lock down the one consistent kicker you've had for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that the Colts went, they lost their starting kicker. I mean, they cut their starting kicker, I should say, and lost their starting punter, and they still had one of the best special unit, special teams units in the NFL. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And, yeah, I really think you have to bring back Chase. I think it's not a question mark just because of, like you talked about, I think you were, used the word consistency. That's just what he was. He was consistent, right? He was consistent week in and week out. Yeah, he had some misses. That happens, man. But, like, I felt like he he had, like, almost with the blanket ship, it almost felt like his confidence would just, like, just like go flying down if he missed something like in that Texans game 
Like, you know, he kicks the ball out of bounds. Obviously, that sucks. That can't happen. Does it again. And you're just like, come on, man. Like, but with Chase, it's like, even if he misses it, he always comes back. He's consistent, right? And he can also handle kickoffs and do a good job at it. So, you know, if if a situation happens where the Colts are in a pinch and they need a guy to kick it off, he can do that too. So he's versatile in those ways too. Um, you talked about he's still very young as well. Um, and it just does seem like, for whatever reason, when he comes to Indy, he has his best years. So, yeah, just want a guy that I have confidence. Like, he may not make all the kicks, but, like, I have confidence that he gives us a shot to win those games, right? With Blankenship, you just didn't have confidence with him that he was going to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, heck, the, the fact that he did all that, and, like, I, I really truly believe, Derek, if, if the Colts had Chase McLaughlin week one, they would they would have won that Houston game. No question in my mind. They would have won that Houston game. So, yeah, just having a kicker like that, a guy that's that's kind of a weapon in some ways. And, you know, if you do, you know, Colts draft a quarterback in a couple of years, they're they're looking to make a playoff push, right? Those games, man, some of those games often come down to who has the better, you know, field goal kicker, right? Who has the guy that's going to go out there and make it? And never felt like with Blankenship, the Colts had a guy that they could trust to go out there and win them the game. I never had confidence he could do that. And with with Chase, he may not always do that. He may miss it, but at least we know we have a chance with him. So yeah. I think no question in my mind, you bring him back. He's a confident kicker. He does it well. Um, he's had his two of his best seasons, like you talked about, with the Colts. So, yeah, I think given the situation and how he responded, no question in my mind, he deserves to be extended, you know, two, three years with Indianapolis and be their future at kicker. So, and it's nice you don't have to worry about that for a while, uh, which is amazing because, being stuck in kicker purgatory is not fun, man. We know from experience it is not fun to worry about every time that guy goes out there to kick. You're worried. You have just a sick feeling in your stomach. It absolutely. is so nice to not have to worry about that anymore. Yep, absolutely. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's our look at the Tier 1 free agents for Indianapolis. Let us know your thoughts just on all these guys. Talking about Paris Campbell, Fabio Carrique, EJ Speed, Yannick Ngakwe, Rodney McLeod. Talked about Brandon Faison and finally ended with Chase McLaughlin. Let us know your thoughts. Guys, like we mentioned, there will be a Tier 2 video coming out, kind of talking about some of these other free agent guys who maybe some of them contributed a little bit, but we view them as guys that are not critical to you know have a conversation about and for a lot of these guys we talked about bringing back so let us know your thoughts overall on these seven players we talked about and be on the lookout for that it will be dropping right after this video so be looking out for that thank you guys so much for tuning in and as always guys go colts